Okay, hello everyone. Um, welcome to the Man On podcast. And today we've got a gaffer special. Um, and I'm joined by Andy, better known as uh, FPL Mode on Twitter, and um, and Luke, or uh, may know him as FPL Irons on Twitter. Um, of course, our former champ man, Thursday night hosts. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk prim- primarily about gaffer tonight. Um, both doing really well this season. So Luke, it's, you, you played last year as well, didn't you? And did um, did pretty well, I think. Andy, it's your first season, and you're currently in second place. Um, so, so yeah, fantastic. So, absolutely here, here on uh, here on merit as high-ranking players at the moment. So, thanks for coming on, guys. First of all, um, how how you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I'm loving Luke's little smirk because I'm finally on a pub run higher than him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've, I did start a little timer. How long it will take him to mention the other team? But... Yeah, it won't take very long. That was my first thought. My first yeah. thought. <laughs> Is that the other team that Rob Pick runs, but Luke's kind of like a cheerleader in the background? That one. That's the. That's the. Uh, what I've basically been told. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> by Rob yeah. Pick, probably plenty of yeah, times. Exactly. So Rob couldn't be with us tonight. So uh, we've got uh, we've got Luke. But you know, <laughs> thanks very much, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, but yeah, for, for those that aren't aware, Luke is also the co-manager of the um, of the fantasy football fix team that is in first place. So in a way, we've got first and second ranked. Um, second in a way. Ranked, in just, a way. Kind of. In a way. In a way. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think when I put the tweet out saying that you guys were on, I think it was 20 seconds before you reminded me that you're also involved in that team. But uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> 20 seconds. You know what? I, I'm surprised it was 20 seconds, if I'm actually honest. <laughs> He's usually there with notifications as soon as someone mentions it. So 20 seconds. He was obviously on having an off day. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it pains me that Andy is above me in any sort of fancy game. It, it, I, I do not like it whatsoever. I feel very uneasy. <laughs> it won't last. I hope so. But yeah, as I say, um, both doing extremely well. So Andy, we'll we'll come to you first because it's your first season, and you did say when I asked you on, um, kind of, are you sure? Because I don't think I really know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but you know, what what whatever you are doing is obviously working. So, I mean, talk us through it if you can. How 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 did you get involved? How did you set your team up? And sort of how, how have you been managing it week by week to be in second place? Yeah. So um, I mean, we we spoke about it pretty much every week when we were doing Tramp Man last year and I kept saying to Luke on the streams well, I want to get involved in Gaffer because he was saying it's so good the boosts are amazing like and it's it's taken what we've kind of it's interesting we, we both love FPL so much but we both know that there's some shortcomings with FPL sometimes and sometimes that fun element can be taken away from it because it's quite serious uh, it shouldn't be because it's just a game but because we're so involved in it it can be and Gaffer, I think, kind of fills that gap of, of fun and joy because you get all those boosts and the points are just mad. And then, and it's yeah. such an incredible league where anybody could be anybody. There's, you know, four nils, five nils, seven nils. I think Luton were brilliant. They were either losing three nil or winning three nil at one point. And, and it's just such a good league for that. And I really wanted to get involved in it and then did get involved. And as soon as I did, I wanted to make sure I was in a group chat or something where people knew what they were talking about but also knew how the game worked because it's a very different game to FPL too and so I did that and I didn't really say much in the group I was just kind of listening and trying to get to grips with the basic dynamics of it and kind of what's a good structure and 
a bit like what you do with Champ Man. When you first start Champ Man, you don't realise that midfielders are basically obsolete and it's all about the strikers and the defenders. And it's very similar to Gaffer with that. So what I wanted to do was just try and get players in that I could trust, get players in that I thought were for good teams that I thought were going to be up near the top anyway. Uh, and I'd done that. You know, I kind of primarily went with Bournemouth, West Brom and Fulham at the beginning. Obviously, they're all doing very well. Um, and then the other thing I did was just be very, very patient. I wanted to make sure I rolled my transfer as much as possible, which I was talking to Luke before we started this, saying actually taking hits in this game might not be as bad because there's so many points you can get. But actually, I roll the transfer quite a lot and it's it, the patience has paid off quite a bit. So, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm riding the crest of a wave and I, I'm, I'm no doubt going to be finishing outside the top 100 most probably, but I'm loving life at the moment and I'm, yeah, I, we'll see how it goes. My boosts haven't been amazing either, but we'll maybe talk about that a bit later. But um, yeah, no, really, really happy so far with it. I'm just kind of going with it at the moment and I'm sure I'm going to be out a second before I know it. Yeah, so, okay, so you haven't been completely blind then. You've sort of followed the group chat, just took general advice done your own done your own thing a bit in terms of okay these are the good teams the good players because we were talking before uh before we started recording that um that I, that I was similar with the Norwegian game mm. and um there's four weeks left in that and I'm in the top half a percent and I've never seen a ball kicked in that so um so yeah and I'm the same as you I basically followed followed a group chat listened to a couple of pods right at the start of the season um and then just and then just kind of roll with it so yeah just do, do you think there's something in 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 that from perhaps both our experiences in that, that you just do what looks logical when you take people's advice without your own sort of biases. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I mean, I'm probably doing myself a little bit of a disservice. Like I, I am constantly looking at the fixtures and thinking who's got a fixture run, you know, a nice fixture run, who's playing against teams. I, I do like looking at the table and seeing who's conceding a lot of goals, who's scoring a lot of goals and trying to target those teams and things like that. And, and then sticking with players for a little while as well, you know, giving them that four or five week run, which... We probably don't do a lot of it in FPL because we, we're we on Twitter and we get kind of FOMO and we see people bringing people in and think, oh, I've got to bring them in. You don't see effect, uh, you don't see ownership on Gaffer either, which I think is a massive thing. So I've got players, I've got no idea whether they're highly owned, uh, yeah. but I love the fact that that's not in my thinking, uh, which is great. So, yeah, I, I think, um, like you said, in terms of, uh, uh, sorry, I was thinking of what your question was now. Um yeah, I do think it makes a massive difference, actually. And I think sometimes the biases towards FPL, you do without realising. And then when you play a game like this, it makes you realise that sometimes a clear head is a lot better. Yeah, it's simple, yeah. If you've got a striker playing at home to the team that's shipped the most goals, then you captain exactly. them. It doesn't matter what their value is or what they've done last week. or uh, Yeah, um, just do what looks logical. All right, thanks. Um, thanks for that, Andy. And how about, how about yourself, Lee? I'll see it's your second season now, so... Do you feel do you feel like your knowledge you're, you're starting to use sort of your own knowledge a bit more now, or are you still kind of a casual player similar to Andy, or how are you playing it? Um, to be honest, I, I I spotted the game last year on Twitter. It, it came out that there was going to be a championship game, and I was well into it straight away. In, in, as a as a football fan, take away my West Ham bias, I, I think the championship is the best league in the world. I absolutely love it. So. We were talking in our group chat the other day and I went, lads, do you know Blackpool are in the playoffs? I love Gaffer. I've watched loads of the championship. I had no idea Blackpool had gone from nowhere. They'd been near the relegation zone. They'd gone on a, a run of four or five wins in six and they were now in the playoffs. And I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the, in the Premier League, that doesn't happen. You know who's at the top. Whereas in the championship, 
if you win, if, if Reading now go and win seven of the next 10, you'll be fifth. And that's why I love it. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's not going to happen. You're useless. But Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just about to say, and it wouldn't even be that surprising. But <laughs> No, we saw it from Barnsley. This, this time yeah. last year, Barnsley were in a, a relegation scrap and then ended up getting the playoffs. So I, I love it because you're not guaranteed anything. You know, you, you, in, in FPL, you can bring in a City or Chelsea defender. You know you're going to get five clean sheets, six clean sheets in the next 10. It's going to happen. Whereas in the Championship, you could bring in a West Brom defender now and they could not keep a clean sheet for the next 10. Like, it could quite easily happen in that league. It's, it's, it's an incredible league. And also, as Andy says, the boosts, the boosts make the game. In my opinion, this is, this is the best fantasy game out there by a million miles because you can actually sit there have, have an afternoon or an evening planning. And I, I love that. I absolutely love it. Awesome. Yeah, you say it's, it's so unpredictable. And we've got questions about sort of breaking the template later. So I think that, that plays into what you've just said there, because you definitely can't assume that what we've seen so far this season is the way it's going to pan out for the whole season. So, yeah, if you can get, if you can get ahead um, in sort of breaking the template, I think there's definitely opportunities there for people um, a little bit lower down the ranks than, than, than your good selves. Um, okay, then. So, so in terms of, in terms of your teams, then have you got quite similar teams at the moment? What's what's your team built on at the moment? Like, who have you had any players like a handful of players that have been in right from the start that have sort of given you your rank, or have you changed it up a bit? I think um, I think our teams. I think all the teams were getting quite similar, and then the new boost came in for budget busters, and I think people are starting to edge towards trying to get those budget players in at the moment and trying to just sneak them in um i know we've i mean we, we both had mitrovic we both had Solanke for quite a while i know a player that i went with um that everybody laughed at me at when i did and he's done absolute bits for me is is philip billing he's been absolutely brilliant for me nice. I've, I've got him in since i think game week three and i've had him every week and he's just been so good um so i think he's probably one of the biggest ones we've got this different i know um you i think you had victor and I had Brereton difference for a while, or I might be wrong there. Yeah, and they've both smashed it, really. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, both done really well. It is, yeah, you see, it is difficult to know if you've got a template team or not. I think I've been guilty of trying to be too different too early. And you know, People are captaining in Mitrovic and vice-captaining Solanke every week. And I've probably been a bit too hasty to be like, well, I'm going to try something different. And it's, it's led to me sort of falling behind a little bit. You've got to remember it's a long old season and, you know, if they're firing, they're firing. But uh, so, so yeah, do you think, is, is that what you, if you've got Mitrovic, Slanky, have you been captaining them sort of most weeks or? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and any week that I don't go with it, <laughs> it, it, it ends up, uh, yeah, they, uh, they do smash it. So, yeah, I think kind of perma captaining them makes a lot of sense, really. Yeah, we tried it for a while, didn't we? We, we? A few of us in the group that were in have tried going against Mitrovic every so often, you know, a week when Mitrovic is away at a good defence like Middlesbrough and maybe Diaz is, is, a, is at home to a Peterborough or someone, someone like that. You think, oh, I'll go for the fixture rather than the player. And every time it backfires, every yeah. single time. Um, it's, so been, it, it's got to the point where it's just not worth doing, which it, it is a shame, but yeah. he's, he's just too good. The, the bloke's got 19 goals in that it, we're in November. So... <laughs> it's madness yeah yeah definitely um yeah so i think I've, I've got them both in now and i've been i've been sort of sticking with them the last sort of few weeks and that has sort of helped me creep up a little bit um i think the other thing that as you were talking about the boosts before um 
they can make a massive difference to your rank as well, can't can't they? So um, yeah, there's definitely all still to play for, and it's a long old season. So um, so yeah, we'll we'll play it that way, I think. Um, so I think should, should we start to get into some to some of the questions then? Because I think there's a good variety of questions, some good different yeah, talking nice. points to go on. Um, so the first question we had, um, so I, th I think this is more for you two. Um, so it's from Auto Recluse, and it's name a player in each position in the championship that you think would be great signings for your clubs. Obviously, for me as a Reading fan, pretty much anybody's a good signing. <laughs> um, so, but for you two, it's a little bit different. Is is there any anybody you, you've got your eye on that you think could make the step up to the Premier League? It's tough. It's tough for you, Andy. Obviously, United fan. I, I, I don't think there's any players in the Championship that would get anywhere near your team, really. No, no. Um, especially with Ollie at the wheel. I mean, we're so good that no one can. Him. <laughs> I mean, I, shall I? If Luke does ones for his West Ham, shall I just do four players that I think could do well in the Prem? If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's yeah, that probably makes more sense. It. It. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I saw this question. I did have a think, and I thought the obvious one. I think Jordan Zimura at Bournemouth's been fantastic. Um, Creswell's coming to the end, probably, of his West Ham tenure. Maybe give him two, three years, he'll probably be out the door. Zimura's very, very young, very attacking. I think he'd suit us really nicely. Midfield, Harry Cornick at Luton. I like him a lot. I think he picks up good areas, puts himself in, in, in very good spaces in the box. And could probably play any of those three positions in behind Antonio, or if Antonio gets an injury, like he probably will do, he can fill in up top if needed, like like Bowen can. So, you know, you'd have Bowen, Cornick could take up that role. And then up front, I'd love Dom Solanke as a backup to Antonio. I think he's a, he's a, he's, he needed that step down to the championship. I think he became a bit of a joke signing for Bournemouth for 20 million and not really scoring. I think he needed this step down, get a bit of confidence, score some goals. When they inevitably get promoted, he'll be one of those players that we're talking about next year when it comes to FBL, who'll be priced at six million, six and a half, and everybody will go, you need to get on him. He's amazing. I'd love I'd, I think those three are the, are the main ones I'd definitely go for. Nice. I think we're quite similar, to be fair. I was going to go Zamora as well. Um, literally, I, I went to go and see it as the only game I've watched this year. Uh, I went to go and see Bournemouth play uh, not too long ago uh, against Sheffield United. And Zamora just, he's so attacking. It's unbelievable how, how close up to the goal he gets. But because you went him, I'm going to go for Gary Cahill, actually. I think they did so well to get Cahill in the championship. And watching him play... Honestly, he's just so assured. He, ju he just sorts out everything at the back. And I he could still be doing a job in the Prem, like yeah. genuinely. So for him to, then to have him in the championship, I think he did very well. In midfield, I'm going to go for Brennan Johnson. Um, really like the look of him. You know, he looks like he's, he's got the pace and he's got the technique and he, he looks like, give him a couple of years and he's going to be, you know, bossing that, that Forest team. So I really like him as a player. I've got him in my team at the moment just because I like him, to be honest. Uh, mm. Although he is kind of getting the returns now as well. Uh, and then up top, I'd love to see Brereton Diaz in the in the Prem. I thought I genuinely, I, I really like. He's, he's become a bit of a cult legend there as well, hasn't he? Like with all his uh, Chile exploits as well. So uh, yeah. I would love to see him as well. And I, Mitrovic is the one you'd love to say Mitrovic, but I bloody owned him in the Prem, and he's useless. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we've seen him, go for him. You know, two or three times before, and it's not really worked for him, has it? So no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, I agree with all of those. I'm, I'm going to throw in John Swift as well. I think, obviously, he's absolutely smashing it this season. And um, it's, uh, yeah, as, as a Reading fan, it's um, 
the only reason this hasn't happened before is because he always gets injured, but he's, you know, touch wood, he's keeping himself fit and he's always had this in him. So hopefully, hopefully he's, he's found the solution to stay fit, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a Premier League player there. Um, okay, then. Um, so next question. I think we'll, we'll do the template question next, I think. So um, with the, so this is from uh, Dan Ashby, um, part of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. And um, so do check that out as well if you haven't before. Um, great gaffer content there. Um, with the template being so strong, can we name three players who we think we can break it? Yeah, we were talking about this saying that it's hard to know actually which players are highly owned. So yeah. we're just kind of having a guess. I know Luke said you did something to kind of have a bit of a guess, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, would, yeah I, was, I was having a look through and I, man, I manually clicked through the top 25 players because I was, I was looking at Jed Wallace thinking, is he template? I'm not sure if he's template because he had great stats and I'm not really... A week where he gets a brace, for example, my rank doesn't seem to plummet, which obviously that's kind of a, a giveaway if they're template or not, if you don't own them and they smash it. He was only owned by six of the top 25 and obviously his stats every his stats for the last two, three years have been incredible and they're, they're incredible this year. Most crosses, third most shots on target, sixth highest points per 90 minutes from midfielders, third most bonus among midfielders. So I think he's a bit of a differential because people don't seem to want to touch a, mid, a, a, a Millwall midfielder for 10 and a half million. So yeah. that, that's a big one I'd go for. He's in my team and he's, yeah, he's, he's absolutely killing it. And mm. he, he gets four bonus like pretty much every yeah. week. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Because he's, he's no, even even for vice captaincy, I mean, it was, it's, we were saying it's Mitrovic and Solanke at the moment, but if ever one of them got injured or um, you know fell out of a bit of fo- bit of form, I think Jed Wallace is a good captaincy or at least vice captaincy option as well because he hits that bonus sort of so regularly. Yeah, um, I think um, I think that third striker spot is a real position you can attack as well. I think yeah. when you've got Mitrovic and Solanke, that's going to be in pretty much every team. Whoever you pick as that third striker, I think is going to be a big template buster. So, I mean, I've got Brereton, so I've got I've got that big three up for, up top. But there's some really good players that are, I'm assuming are going to be very low owned uh, mm-hmm. because obviously most people have those too. So, someone like Andy Vyman, like he's actually doing really really well for Bristol Brilliant. City this yeah. year. Um, but I, I I very much doubt I could look in the top 25 teams, and I very much doubt I see him in anybody's team. So, someone like him and Bristol City have some okay fixtures coming up soon as well. As long as they're not playing at home, I think they do okay. Yeah. Um, so I think um, someone like that, you know, Perot, I think, is it Perot? Is that how you pronounce it? Perot, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's those kind of players I think could really, if you can make the right decision, I think could really boost you up. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I had Perot for a bit earlier in the season and I saw he had a good sort of three, four game run and then I sold him. I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my money and run there, but he's kept doing it. Uh, mm. Should have just left him in really. Um, so yeah, he's a good one. I'm going to throw in um, Kiefer Moore as well. Obviously, he didn't start the season. Um, he took, he, you know, he was injured in the summer um, and wasn't in the team at the start of the season. And it's taken him a while to get going. Um, but he's three goals and an assist in his last three games now. Mm. And I think because people have got Mitrovic and Solanke already, I don't think there's too many people that own more because then that's a lot of money up front. But I think he is a potential differential if, uh, if the new manager in at Cardiff can get them going. Yeah, potentially the same for Woodrow at Barnsley as well. If they can get a new manager bounce, he shoots so much. Yeah, um, you know he's he's a player that could that could have a hot streak. Um, 
as I say, if, especially if a new manager can sort Barnsley out. Um, yeah, I was I was looking into to Woodrow, and he's he's got three goals this season. Obviously, Mitrovic has got nineteen, but Woodrow's actually got more bonus than Mitrovic for yeah, three goals compared to nineteen because he shoots so much. I think he yeah, shoots he, so much, yeah. and his key passes are huge because sometimes he even takes corners. So yeah. I think in the way FPL have got their bonus wrong, where all you have to do is score a goal and you get three bonus. Mm. Gaff, Gaffer have, have done it so much the opposite where. You need to get hat trick to be able to get bonus as a striker. It's it's all about the the players that create chances, key passes, uh, chances created, crosses into the box. So um, that's yeah. that's why I like the like likes of Jed Wallace. But also, well, where you were saying about Keith Moore, you've got uh, Ryan Giles there who just get hits the byline and crosses balls in. Yeah. So I think he's less than five million. So for the budget booster, that one's obviously massive as well. But um, yeah, if, if you're going to go Keith Moore for a template buster, you might as well double up on both. Because at the end of the day, if, if Moore's going to be smashing in headers, they're Definitely. probably going to be coming from from Ryan Giles crossing. I did put I did put that in my note actually that Giles, yeah, in support of him. Um, and as you say, his Giles' key attribute is his crossing. He puts in so many crosses per game, and obviously that's what Keith Moore's looking for. Um, and then yeah, Woodrow, three shots a game um, and uh, over over one key pass per game as well, as you mentioned. Um, I think the other the other thing for me in terms of breaking the template is Stoke defence. I know a lot of people own Smith. I think at the moment they do. Yeah, but I think a, I think a potential template breaking strategy could be to go sort of big at the back with Stoke. Um, they haven't really kept as many clean sheets as you'd expect so far this season, but they did break their club record for clean sheets last season. Obviously, Michael O'Neill in charge. I would back Stoke to start keeping clean sheets at some point or another. Um, and their upcoming run isn't bad. Um, so I think that's a way to go. Is That could be a way to go as well. Um, I don't know how highly owned they are, but I do really like those Swansea lads as well. I really like Laird, uh, Ethan Laird. I don't know how highly owned he is, and Patterson as well. I think having two of those Swansea boys is quite a nice way to go forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Nottingham Forest as well. They're improving, aren't they, under, uh, under yeah, new I like, So I like the look of Graben. Obviously, when, when you mm. think of championship, elite championship strikers, Graben's one of only six players since 2000 that scored over 100 championship goals. And of those six players, he's got the highest uh, goals per 90. So he, he is the elite championship striker. If, if you know there's one player that you can rely on in that league, it is him. And, and they are playing better. I think he's got seven goals since since Hewton got relegated, uh, so got, got sacked. So... Mm-hmm. He's just going to consistently bang him in. Obviously, bonus isn't going to come his way because that's not how Gaffer goes, but yeah. he will tick along nicely. All right, mate. You've done your homework, haven't you? <laughs> I just know about football, mate. I'm sorry. Oh, he's, he's one of the only players from the year 2000. There's a fucking Dell. <laughs> sorry, mate. Don't get your second, though, does it? I'm just going to throw in one more for the differentials. Again, I'm assuming he's a differential. I haven't seen him in many teams, and that's Bella at Birmingham. They're in a bit of poor form at the moment. Um, but their upcoming fixtures, Hull away, Coventry away, Blackpool home, um, not bad. 111 crosses Bella's made so far. That's the fourth <laughs> highest in the league. Um, and he's comfortably um, uh, over a shot per game and two key passes per game as well. So he's another one, a bit of a bit of a bonus magnet. If he gets any kind of a return, he's going to get four bonus as well. Yeah, yeah budget buster as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, cool. So I think I think I think there's a few ideas there. What you could do to kind of break away from the West Brom, Fulham, Bournemouth template. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, so next question then. Um, so let's see if we've got any more sort of general questions before we get to the specific ones. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, so we were talking about the budget buster boost there. So let's talk a bit about the about the next set of boosts then. Have you got have you got a kind of strategy for, for that? I assume you're going to try and use the budget buster. This seems to be the standout one, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I think we're both very similar in that we're going to use the budget buster and then overhaul out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, do you know what? That's something that I thought we we could discuss tonight because I can't remember. Was it you, Martin, that put on about how you were going to um, overhaul into Budget Buster and then use your transfers out of it? Well, I, I was just I was just floating it as a kind of uh, an idea, as an option that you could do. Because my thinking was, mm. if you if you rolled a couple of trans, if you rolled your transfers before and then used it, and then you could you could then try and field a whole eleven if you wanted to try and do that. And then with a 2.5 multiplier on it, let's say you had um, a 70-point week. But with a 2.5 multiplier, that's an, that's an enormous score. Yeah. So if you, if you come out the other side of it and you've got two free transfers, you're not going to be that bothered about using a minus 12 or even a minus 16 if you've just had a 170-point week. Is that how it uh, works with overhaul? You keep the transfer as well? I believe so. I believe mm. so, yeah. So if you've rolled them going into it, um, yeah. then it should be there the other side of the chip uh, with overhaul I'm not sure because that would be like the same as a wild card wouldn't it mm. yeah that's what I was wondering yeah um, so I just I, th I thought of it as an option but mm. the flip side of that is do you really want to go for a full 11 with your budget buster um, or do you just want to leave you know Mitrovic and Solanke up front well so uh, yeah so I've been looking it to when I'm most probably going to use it and I think I'm kind of set on when I'm going to use my budget buster now so I a lot of people have been thinking about when those budget players are going to be playing and when they've got the nice fixtures. But the biggest thing for me is that when you use Budget Buster, you can't use your captaincy on you know on Mitrovic and Solanke. And yeah. if you want to use if you want to get eleven Budget Busters out, which you're going to have two point five times, you know that's already more powerful than a captaincy and a vice captaincy on Mitrovic and Solanke. So I kind of went for it a little bit the other way, which was which week is it going to be where I'm not going to want to captain Mitrovic and Solanke. And in game week 21, they play each other. So it's Bournemouth versus Fulham. So I'm going to use my budget buster in game week 21. Um, I've got, uh, I've brought in a Derby player already. They're playing Bristol City. Uh, I've got the Coventry boys. They're away to West Brom, but Coventry can get a clean sheet against most people because they're not too bad at the moment. And West Brom haven't always been amazing in front of goal. Um, and there's some other nice fixtures as well. Um, trying to think what it was. Forest have Peterborough at home which I yeah. thought was lovely with Brennan Johnson in there as well. Um, and there's just quite a few little fixtures there where I thought, I think um, Blackpool have Luton at home. So I was uh, looking at their defender. I can't remember his name. He's got a funny name, um, but he's under 5 million. Uh, and I just thought, actually, of all the weeks, I can overhaul out of it in 22. And I can look at that and think, am I going to be that bothered I don't own Mitrovic and Slanky in that week? No, I can go into it. It could go completely the wrong way and it could be four all in that game. But yeah. I think for two defences that are quite good, I feel like that's going to be a really edgy game and they're probably going to both take nil-nil if they could. Um, so I feel like that's probably a good week to go. So that, that's the angle I'm going with. How about you, Luke? Have you got a plan for it? Yeah, I've been planning. To, so you're looking at game week 21, you said, Andy? Yeah. I'm game week 19. Um, Ooh, early as well. Yeah, game week 19, I'm going to be playing Mitrovic. Uh, can't remember who Mitrovic has, but I'm not really bothered. Uh, Derby. Mitrovic, Derby, and 
uh, Ben Burrett and Diaz has Peterborough. So I'm going to play those two along with nine players that will then get the bu budget buster. My, my plan was basically I already had double Luton and triple Coventry that were all within the prices. So I'm just planning around them, to be honest. They're, they're, they're two teams that could be in and around the playoffs. They've got budget players. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to keep Mitro and, 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 and Diaz. I'm, I'm happy to have them in my team. The, the reason then the reason I did that as well is because I had those Coventry boys. I'm going to overhaul obviously into the team that I want going forward. Coventry then have Bournemouth and West Brom the two weeks following that, so I can actually then get rid of my Coventry players as I don't particularly want them. And they have a couple of tricky games after that as well. So I like kind of dead teaming to that point and then overhauling out of it and potentially coming out with a few differentials to try and get my rank up. That that's the plan. Um, and to, to be honest, when it comes to Mitrovic and, and Diaz, I, I don't want to be filled in 11 players because this is what I did with my um, my away days. My away days, I planned far too much ahead. I, I, I ended up picking the worst away days team that I possibly could. It was the week when nobody returned. Because in, in Gaffer at the moment, all of us, we, every week we get 80, 90, 100 points. I picked the one week where the template did nothing for away <laughs> days. And I'd spent the last six, seven game weeks planning players not bringing in the players that were in form. I wasn't bringing in Bournemouth players. I wasn't bringing in Fulham players because they didn't have an away fixture in the week that I wanted to use them. So my plan with this one is it's such a valuable chip. I wanted to get it over and done with quickly. We, we obviously got the new chips in game week 16. I had a couple of players I could build around. I basically said, I've got lots of loot and lots of Coventry. They've got okay fixtures in 19. Mitch, I can keep Mitro and, and Diaz. And then I can get rid of it and not have to think about it again. And then I can actually pick the best players for my team. I think sometimes when it comes to Gaffer, and I've, as I just say, I've done it myself, you end up planning so much for these valuable chips that you end up losing points in previous weeks, not bringing in the players that are in form because you want a budget player, a player with an away day in game week eight, a, a, a player that's at home, a player that's a midfield general, whatever it may be. And you end up losing points in previous weeks because you're, you're, tunnel vision all about a certain game week in the future yeah that, that was my other thought about overhauling into it as well because if you overhaul into it then you don't have to worry about yeah you know fiddling with your team in the lead up to it yeah. um and as i say you can just you just so if you overhaul into it hope you smash it and you're not going to be worried about taking a few hits to put your team back how it was the other side that was kind of my thinking on that as well i think it's a good differential strategy i think with, with this game being a differential when it comes to gaffer, it actually isn't about picking a player that people don't own. Quite often it's more picking a chip strategy that people aren't doing. Because mm. that a chip strategy, as I say, I don't know how you did in your away days, Andy. I'm assuming you did okay. Yeah. But the reason that probably I'm 50 points or 100 points behind Andy is because I scored 75 and he scored 200. So actually yeah. the reason that me and Andy have had very similar players the whole way through... <laughs> We've had relatively similar players, haven't we, the whole way through. But Andy's 100 points ahead of me. Captaincy. And that's because his chips went better. Captaincy's been a big thing for me. I very, yeah. very rarely had a captain and vice captain not do very well. Like, yeah. literally the whole way through. I think I even hit a few of those John Swift. Uh, I got a few yeah. braces and that at the beginning. And I, I hit on those as well. But um, I don't, I'm trying to think, because I, I can't see whether I um, did very well in the away days. I can't remember even how to look at it. But um, I, I could be completely wrong here, Martin. And I'm really sorry if I am. I cannot see the benefit of overhauling into budget busters just because I don't want to keep those players in my team for like, I, I just, 
I don't know. For me, it just seems completely the other way of what I want to do. But I could be completely yeah. wrong there. So I do apologize. Well, as I say, I'm, I'm not advocating keeping it. I'm advocating that you don't piss about with your team before it. Yeah. And then you take the hits to fix it afterwards. Fingers crossed, you've smashed it and you're not worried about a minus 12 or mm. a minus 16 because you've just had 170 point week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, trying to, but, I'm trying to think how many players I'd have in my team that wouldn't be budget busters anyway. And there aren't too many, realistically. Yeah. And I think you could, if you overhaul into it, you obviously, ha- I'm assuming you'd have the likes of Mitrovic on your bench and Furlong and Townsend, whoever it might be on that. You'd have three non budget Yeah, exactly. You could, put, you could put those guys on the bench so they're, they're ready the other side. You've anyway. got three. Yeah. And then you yeah. use, over the course of the next three, four, you bring in those Solankis, McNair, you bring in Laird, Harry Wilson, whoever it may be. You slowly bring them in. I just, I just think it's, it's a good. It's, if, if I were outside the top 100, that's the, that's the, the, the way I'd be going with it, 100. Yeah. percent Just because it's different, and just hope yeah. it goes your way. I think it could work. Obviously, if 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 it's crap and you know you, yeah. you get fuck all out of it, and then you've got to take hits the other side, it's going to be annoying. Yeah. But I, I, I think it could, it could work. Um. So, so yeah, I mean. You guys have covered uh, a lot of the a lot of the notes I made on on budget buster in general there, um, but yeah, just I think literally in general, it, um, you kind of want to try and pick a week where, um, as you said, Andy, Solanke and Mitrovic aren't both going to go crazy because you can't captain them. So yeah, yeah full so of big with those chips. Yeah, um, and then yeah, the other week I looked at was game week twenty three. So Fulham are at home to Sheffield United um, that week, which potentially could be tight. And then Bournemouth are away at Middlesbrough. So let's see what Middlesbrough do with their manager. But that's potentially a tricky game as well. Um, and then, yeah, there, there were a lot of uh, lot of other good fixtures in that game. I think for me, I'll be looking to get a goalkeeper and a back five that I think can all keep at least a half clean sheet. Yeah. yeah. And then that times 2.5 is going to be, you know, that's a big score, isn't it? Okay, cool. So that's uh, so that's the chips and the budget buster. What about the other chips? I mean, to me, um, midfield general is out um, because you know you could end up with a net loss on that because you can't capture yeah. anyone. <laughs> um, and the other two are sort of much of a muchness, really. Just whatever falls in my lap is that the same yeah. for you? Yeah, I I know we've had this discussion actually, haven't we, Luke, about um, how we'd use them. I think budget busters you've got to use, and yeah. I think if the other if the other chips were better, I think I'd be trying my hardest not to use overhaul. But mm. with the way it is and the, the the upside you can get from using Budget Buster, I think overhaul is justified this time around. Yep. I'm looking at it in like the, the multi-captain one. You just think, well, everybody's going to be captaining Mitrovic and Solanke in those weeks anyway. So you're not really getting that yeah. much more. You, you, li- you. You're literally just getting one times more than what everybody else is getting. So it doesn't yeah. feel that powerful. Um the subs one could be, but it's not not amazing, really. So, yeah, I think like like me, you know, Luke has discussed with me before. I, I think I'm definitely just going to see what week, you know, I look at it and go, yeah, I could use it this week. <laughs> what week? It looks good. Yeah, just to say whatever falls in your lap. It's definitely not something that's worth you know uh, messing about with your team trying to plan for, is it? Just use it when you think it looks good. Uh, I think yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so. Uh, next question then. Um, so uh, we'll leave that one to the end. That's more of a general question. So which players between uh, between now and Christmas look the best purely based on fixtures? Are you sort of looking ahead to the next sort of 
five, six weeks and thinking who's on your radar. Do you want to take this one first, Luke? I've been talking a lot. Yeah, it's it's difficult. As I say, it's it's really difficult in this league because what 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 on earth do fixtures mean? Yeah. We've, got, we've got no idea. You know, I look at it now and in my head I'd be going, who's got Hull, Derby, Blackpool, Peterborough? That doesn't really mean much. You know, nope. it, it really doesn't. For me, I, I prefer the player as opposed to the fixtures in this game. I'm very much the opposite in FPL. But I, I will I will look, and, it's, and to be honest, it's even more difficult with Gaffer because they've got um, teams like Barnsley, I think, are still a red fixture because they did well last year, and then and, uh, Reading and Swansea, et cetera, who now aren't particularly good. So it's, it's difficult. You, you kind of want to go by the colours, and they're, they're all a bit off at the moment. Um, yeah, for, for me personally, I'm, I'm going to be going based on the player as opposed to the as opposed to the fixtures. The ones the ones I'm most intrigued by are the likes of Cardiff and Middlesbrough with managerial changes. You know, yeah. Adam Flint, Ryan Giles, Kiefer Moore. If if they get an, a new manager come in and play some attacking football, all of a sudden they're they're assets again because Cardiff are a decent team. Cardiff, Cardiff pushed for the playoffs last year, yeah, and the exactly. team hasn't massively changed. They've got they've got a striker in Kiefer Moore that could easily do a job in the Premier League. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're a good team. And the same for Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's um, expected goals against is, is one of the best in the league, I think second best. And Paddy McNair takes sometimes penalties, takes corners, free kicks, unbelievable assets. So there's players in there that I really like the look of. And whether their fixtures are good or not, I'll be, go, I'll be picking them, especially with these the half-clean sheets you get in Gaffer. Yeah. The, 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 the defenders, unbelievable value, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for me to add to that, I think you're absolutely right, um, you know, in regards to players over fixtures um, in this league. Um, but a, a couple of teams that stood out for me, Stoke. So I've already mentioned that I think, you know, going maybe double or triple Stoke defence could be a kind of differential strategy. Um, their next run, Peterborough home, Bristol City away, Blackburn home, QPR away, Middlesbrough home, Coventry away, um, and then Barnsley away. So I think, I think there's four out of seven clean sheets there, at least. I'd back them for that. Um, and then West Brom as well. Um, Huddersfield away, Blackpool away, Nottingham Forest home, Coventry away, Reading home, Barnsley away and Derby away. I think that's a good run for West Brom as well, if you're not already loaded up on them. Um, I'd fancy them to you know, really be pushing, pushing Fulham and Bournemouth at the top of the table with that run coming up. And I, I still think West Brom will win the league. Actually, I still, I still think they've got the best squad. But Ooh. that's a big. Um, I'm quite happy because I've got two teams that neither of you have mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, my team that I, I really like the look of, and we, we have mentioned them already in this pod, is is Forest. I think they, their home games over the Christmas period are beautiful. So they've got Luton at home, Peterborough at home, Hull at home, Huddersfield at home, Barnsley at home. They're all going to concede goals. And you look at Forrest, we've already mentioned Graben. We love Brennan Johnson as well. I think there's some goals that are going to be scored there. And also, I like the fact that someone like Brennan Johnson is so cheap that you can bench him, you know, because actually their away fixtures are Reading, West Brom, Swansea, Middlesbrough. They're tough away fixtures, but the home fixtures are lovely. So you're going to be wanting to play them. Uh, and the other one, which is quite unfashionable, I'd probably say, and the next two fixtures aren't nice, but after that is very nice, is Blackpool. 
Um, they're not going to score a lot of goals, but they are high up the table because they know how to win games and they're, they're keeping clean sheets at times as well. So after the next two games, it's Birmingham, Luton, Derby, Peterborough, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Hull. Like that is a lovely row of fixtures. So if you can get one of their defenders in, again, I can't remember his name, but there's a defender. Oh, I can't remember what he's, what he's called. But um, uh, if you can get someone like him in, uh, he could be somebody that just comes off your bench and, and does a bit of a job for you. So yeah, I think that's probably the... Um, the way I go personally. Ekpeteta? Uh, Ekpeteta? Him. Sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ekpeteta. That's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Thank, thanks for that. Oh, that was from Mark Howes, by the way. So thanks. Thank you for the question. Uh, thanks for the question, Mark. Um, okay. Next question then is from um, Forever QPR. So he's he's asking about Scott Malone. Um, so he's obviously quite a high value defender at Millwall. Um, scored uh, scored in the last game week. Um, do we think he's going to become worth his price tag, or should we move to someone like Laird or McNair? Do you have any thought on that? I th- I th- I think I'd be going to Laird McNair personally. I think yeah. um, can't wait to see these overlapping fullbacks at Middlesbrough. We <laughs> uh, <with laughs> centre backs even. So if McNair's one of them, uh, I think McNair's great, great value in this game. Uh, yeah. I just think Malone, when you've got Bournemouth, Fulham, and West Brom potentially as well, all with better assets, and you've got people like McNair, Bree, who's doing quite good. Um, Zamora looks like he's possibly going to be out for a while, maybe. But I just think there's better value there personally. So I'd probably be going to someone like Laird if it was me. Okay, Luke, any thoughts on Malone? Or... Yeah, I'd look into the, the stats of the three players that he, he said. And so in terms of McNair, Laird and Malone, Millwall were 14th for expected goals against, uh, Middlesbrough was second and Swansea were 20th. When I looked at their expected goal involvement per 90, obviously as, as attacking defenders, uh, Malone's was 0.27. Laird's was 0.27 and McNair was 0.23. So they're all much of a muchness when it comes to the attacking returns. So for me, McNair is the obvious there with a, with a, a defence that is second best in the league with Chris Wilder coming in, who, who has obviously shown that he has good defensive attributes and can put a team together that can keep clean sheets. So I think for me, McNair would be first. And then after that, Malone and Laird are going to offer good value because of the key passes that they put together. So even yeah. Laird or, or Malone could be in a 3-0 loss and still get 2-3 bonus because they've crossed yeah. the ball in five times in the game. So for me, McNair is a level above both. And then you take a punt on whichever one you prefer after that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. McNair, McNair top. Um, he just takes everything from Middlesbrough, doesn't he? Um, so he's yeah. always got that in his locker. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was I was looking at comparing Malone to Zamora just out of interest. Mm. So Malone, one point seven shots per game, one point six key passes per game. That's three times as many as Zamora for both. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, from what you're saying, expected goal involvement that perhaps tells you that maybe he's shooting from distance a lot, and you know the quality of the chance isn't actually that high. He's just shooting a lot. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, like you say, a bonus magnet for that reason. Uh, so yeah, none of none of those three bad players, but I think we we, we all favour them in there. Um, okay, so um, thanks for that for ever QPR. 
Um, FPL Commander, um, a Bournemouth fan, wants a neutral perspective on Jaden Anthony or Leif Davis. Um, be interesting to hear from outside of Dean Court's view on bargain young players. Um, to me, I don't know what you guys think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously FPL Commander is a Bournemouth fan, so maybe he knows better than me. But Leif Davis is kind of only in the team at the moment because Shamor is injured, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm assuming so. Um, it, it depends what happens with Zamora because mm. I've I've heard little rumours that could be completely wrong. Uh, I thought he was going to be out for a while, um, and if that's the case, I think Leif Davis could obviously come in and um, and do quite well. I think Anthony's in and out a lot, isn't he? He's not always, you know, he's not nailed in that team, is he? Um, yeah, yeah. So no, I don't know if if Zamora's out, then I'd love to get Leif Davis in. Yeah, so yeah, he's an option if Zamora's out for a while, and they also mm. signed Robbie Brady, like. Just about three or four weeks ago, because he was on, a, he was a free agent. So I think mm. Brady could also be in contention for that spot a bit as well. So I'm just not sure how nailed Leif Davis is. Yeah. If you're happy just to ride him until he falls out of the team, then it could be a nice differential. Um, but otherwise, I think Jaden Anthony's, Anthony's probably a, a little bit more solid as a pick. But then, do you want him and Solanke in the team? I suppose is mm. the other question. But yeah, I was quite disappointed to be honest that Leif Davis wasn't. Uh, a budget buster. I was hoping he came into the game at four and a half, but he is five, mm. so he, he won't he won't yeah. get in. So for me, he, he he's not available for that. But yeah, if if it becomes clear, I know, I know Scott Parker after the last game, he said that he thought Leaf Davis was an animal. He played he'd been waiting for his chance and played really well. So that that's that that's that's pretty good. And it, yeah, if, if he nails down that spot, we we've, we've seen what the former fullbacks can offer. So if you can get him for five million as a straight swap for Zamora, then fantastic. For me, I would I wouldn't be going anywhere near Anthony. Um, I think he has started fifteen out of the seventeen games. Oh, has he? But, okay, I got that wrong. But the fact at the end of the day, as we've already said, the striker spots in this game are too are too good. You can't you can't pick a player like him. I think he scored two goals this season. So you can't you can't go near a player like that. Unfortunately, as, as good as he's been, it's a bit like um. Thomas at Huddersfield, who's, who's banging in the absolutely smashing the assists, but you wouldn't go anywhere near him just purely because he doesn't score goals. His XG is rubbish, the same as Jaden Anthony. So when you've got players like Berrett and Diaz, you've got uh, Adebayo at Luton, Grant at West Brom. That third spot is 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 gold dust for 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 making differential moves, and and Anthony's just not good enough, unfortunately. Okay, fair enough. Um, thanks for the question, um, Commander. Hopefully that gives you something to think about from a neutral perspective. Um, so AD Tor asked a question. I think we've covered this at the beginning. Thanks for your question, AD. But yeah, he was asking you, Mo, how much did you know about the championship before the season and how? why do you think you're doing so well? Um, so I think we covered that, unless there's anything else you want to add on that. Um, no, no, not really. No. I think we probably covered it, didn't we? But thanks for the question, AD. Um Flapjack FPL, um, quick, oh easy, easy one. This who's the greatest championship side ever? I mean, it's it's a it's a objective fact that it's the Reading Yeovil. 16. Yeovil. Yeovil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can't do I can't deal with that bloke. Flap, <laughs> Flapjack, honestly, he lives rent free in my head because. <laughs> Red Reading are a team that have done very little over the last ten years, whereas West Ham are now massive. But even so, he can all he has to say is about all he has to say is about when you beat us four two at Upton Park in two thousand and twelve. Yeah, and he's got me hook line and sinker. And then it, if I come back with anything, all he says is one hundred and six points. 
<laughs> and he's just like, we're the best championship team ever. And I've, I've got nothing. I can't beat you in an argument. Which is absolutely, which is absolutely true. Um, so yeah, the answer to that is definitely uh, the Reading 106 team, closely followed by Brian McDermott's um, team that beat West Ham and Southampton to the title. Um, so yeah, one and two for Reading there. Uh, no problem. And number three is doesn't matter. Yeovil. Yeovil. <laughs> Yeovil, yeah. Come on. Um, okay, so that was that was all the uh, that was all the questions um, for Gaffer. Um, so thanks for thanks for coming on and helping out with those guys. Um, I think. It was good timing to get you on. Um, I think it would be rude to to finish the pod without mentioning the uh, announcement from Chapman. It's come out this week. Quickly get your thoughts on that. Obviously, as our former Thursday night hosts, uh, what what do you make of it? What are your thoughts about a season three? Will you be playing? Um, will you be involved in any way, or what's the crack? Uh, are you uh, me or Luke? Whoever, either, whoever, either. whoever goes first. Um, yeah, I mean, for anybody that's already played it, like it's it's amazing in terms of we've said it before, we said it on the stream so many times that it got so many of us through that first lockdown, and I think just for nostalgic reasons, like it's got such a place in everybody's hearts because of that. And you know, we were all going through such a horrible time at that time, and we needed something to fill that void, and it obviously came in and did that. Uh, and then we were lucky enough to come and actually host it the second season, and. I'm not going to lie, we felt like imposters for most of it, didn't we, Luke? But, um, but we, we kind of made it our own as much as we could. Um, probably being a little bit more unprofessional than James was before we were on. But uh, uh, we absolutely loved it. You know, every Thursday, I got to spend every Thursday with Luke, which was, which was amazing. And I got to know his wife a little bit more because of it. So that was great, too. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and um, yeah, for anybody that wants to play it, I mean, it is, it is amazing. It really is amazing. And it's been made a lot easier because of the, the commitment that people do in the background with their Sims and stuff. Like, it's just incredible. It's what we thought was playing the game in season one was nowhere near what was playing the game in season two. So, you know, I can say about how much fun it is, but Luke will probably tell you about how much fun it is when you're actually doing well in the game as well. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no. I, um, I think I came fourth this year and 11th oh, the go. time before. As I, did, I did pretty well. But, but... no, we... Yeah, we we loved hosting. It was great, and to be honest, we just as as Andy said, we just turned up every Thursday and had a chat. And every so often, a goal would go in, and we go, oh, "Rude Van Nistelrooy has scored." Well, anyway, let's talk about this <laughs> ridiculous thing that nobody cares about for two hours. But yeah, mid, mid midway through that second season, behind the scenes, um, Andy informed me that he was having his second child, and I informed him I was having my first child. Um, <laughs> Andy Andy's little one is obviously already here. Mine's coming in the next month or so. So. Yeah, we had to take a, a step back from hosting for sure. And um, yeah, personally for me, when I play a fantasy game, I play it. I, I make sure that I'm involved. I, I didn't miss any of you. You were part of my Sunday morning routine, waking up, watching your Sim videos, watching Simit, to, listening to Simit to win it, watch, listening to, to Craig's pods, making sure that I was picking the right players because I wanted to get back in the top 10. Um, and yeah, I, I if I play that game, I have to play it seriously. And yeah. I don't think my daughter would approve when she finds out when that I didn't really pay any attention to her for the first year because I was playing some silly little simulated fantasy game. So I have had to, I will I will not be playing this third season um, just because for, for, yeah for, for for my marriage and for my child I better take a step back. 
I think I tell you what though, Luke. I reckon if we're really strict, I reckon we should just boost to a zombie team and see who can go at highest and yeah, not look I, at I, it till I, the yeah. end. Yeah, I, I think I think I'll do that. I think I'll yeah, do. Really, I, I think yeah. both of us can do a zombie and see if uh, you can finally beat me with your zombie team. That's what we'll Probably do. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So you're both maybe in it for a for a zombie team then. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I'm sure it's going to be all over your Twitter. You'll end up you'll end up following it, and um, yeah, I'm, the the temptation will be there. Just to, what should I make? <laughs> we'll miss yeah, we'll miss talking to we'll miss talking to Captain every Thursday. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to say, one one of the best members of the, of the FPL community that I've met that the the bloke is an absolute diamond and the yeah. work that he puts in is second to none and and we we found out very late on in the second season didn't we that that, that wasn't his job yeah. <laughs> we issued we issued he'd always do done computer graphics and all these sort of we because they were so professional we were like oh well obviously this is what he's been doing for 30 years no he picked it up during lockdown and just gave it a go and we're like honestly you're one of the most talented people we've ever <laughs> met it's just a joke oh, he used to say the same to us as well it's fine yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Definitely didn't. Yeah, it, it, it will be interesting how it turns out. Obviously, we don't have any details yet, really, other than there is going to be a third season. We don't know about, you know, a, a live stream, who any hosts will be or anything like that yet. So, we'll, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, it will be it will be difficult boots to fill. Um, I, I appreciate that... Um, yeah, that gig is uh, it's harder than it looks. Um, it's harder than it looks to keep talking for all that time. And um, yeah, you know, we had a lot of filler. We had a yeah, lot. Yeah, you've got you've got eyes and ears on you, and you're concentrating on the game. I thought I thought you did a grand job, and uh, yeah, the uh, the interaction between you um, worked really well as well. So it'll be interesting to see what comes next. Um, mm, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, and good luck to whoever it is as well. As, yeah, as a, big, yeah. as a big fan of the game. Martin, what what are you hoping for from that? Third? Are you hoping for literally the third season of our, our sim? Are you hoping for a, a new patch of the Premier League? Are you hoping for a, a foreign league, an Italian or a Spanish league, etc.? What what if if you had your dream scenario for the third season? What mm. would you like to see? I mean, yeah, it, I mean it's, it's too niche, but I would have loved to have played the, played the Italian league. But I do yeah. appreciate there would have been about ten of us, um, so yeah. it's just not it's not. Um, it's not it's, it's not a thing so that's absolutely cool um i think because they've been tweeting out the um the transfers that have happened, yeah. that happened at the end of the season so to me that says we're going we're continuing with the same the same um same patch so yeah i'm, I'm okay with that i i kind of i, I would have liked to have um still with cm um cmo 102 as the base game I would have liked to have seen maybe uh, maybe a data update like 2006, 2007 or something because you can apply mm. the data updates for every season. They're all available um, oh, yeah. online. So I would have liked to, have, you know, yeah, say maybe like 2006, 2007 or something like that. Just and shake it up. And just, just, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, just shake it up a bit um, so that we're all starting from scratch again. Um, mm. But... Yeah, but I'm but I'm just I'm just glad it's back. Of course I'm gonna of course I'm gonna play. And um, you know, at the end of the day, as you touched on, the people in the background do so much work on it, you know. Yeah. What, however they want to run it is absolutely cool. And I'm just very grateful that um that they you know they put that work in. Um we, and, we had uh, the uh, we had the infamous sim week, didn't we, where that where they had to re-sim everything in, in about eight hours because they leaked the team of the week. So Pounder. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> Well, that was panned. It was panned, wasn't it? And, and yeah. 
Rob Pick had to take the afternoon off work to do eight hours worth of eight hours worth of tweets in about six hours. So that 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 stream, there were a few errors in the thing, but we we let him off that one week. But, oh, wow, um, you did. Yeah, 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 I did. Andy, not so much, but yeah, the, the work they put in is is honestly it, it is ridiculous, and 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 they deserve for free all the as well. They, 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 they do it for free. They do it for the love of the game, and and. and as, as as Andy mentioned earlier, it was so important in that first lockdown for for so many people. So I, I thank everybody that created that game because, uh, yeah, that would not have been a fun fun first few months if we didn't have something to take our minds off it. That was great fun. Captaining Mark Baduka and all this nonsense, it was great. There, yeah. there was well, there was one moment that we always talk about where I just lost it in the middle of street uh, uh, talking in the middle of a pod where I, I genuinely said I was going to triple captain Mark Poon with a completely straight face. I just started laughing because what a ridiculous scenario where I'm talking about triple captain in Mark Poom in a triple game week for Derby in 2002. I just I just went, Andy, what the hell are we talking about? This is mm. nonsense. Like, this is utter nonsense. What are, we, what are we doing with our lives? But it was it was great. Yeah, and those memories will stay with us forever now as well. Yeah. 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 It's just a bit of escapism. Escapism is escape. Yeah. Escape is easy for me to say. Escapism, isn't it? And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's best not to think too too much about the reality of what you're doing. <laughs> Just enjoy. <it. laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I'm 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 delighted it's back, and uh, I hope that um, obviously, you know, we're not in lockdown or anything like that anymore. I just hope that it um, all gets like the same and you know engagement and enthusiasm as it did before, because say so much work goes into it. Um, I hope it's a success for the guys. Um, Okay, I think that's that's probably a wrap. Anything else you guys wanted to, to mention or talk about? No, not at all. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, yeah no problem. Thanks for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, good to, good to catch up. Good to chat to you. Uh, appreciate it. Good luck with uh, the rest of the gaffer season. Um, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll interact along the way. Um, but yeah, good luck with it. Uh, go out and win it. Go out and win it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> if Luke finishes above me, I'm not coming on here again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be good. It'd be good to see. It'd be good to see a new player win it. Um, but yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to see any anybody anybody win it, of course. But, um, but yeah, would, would go down well, I'm sure. So good luck with that, guys. Okay, thanks for thanks for coming on again, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.